Football, baby! Losing still sucks. Week three. I am by myself tonight. There is no Dustin Blanton. He has father duties for his newborn daughter. That is okay. The show goes on solo. Thursday night football reaction. The Giants suck again. The 49ers are great once again. Brock Purdy has yet to lose an NFL game that he has started and finished. Incredible stat. First reaction of the week before we get to Thursday night football. Um, Because it sparked something that I was thinking about this week, and then we've got to watch Christian McCaffrey in the first quarter absolutely eat. The choice to go Jamar Chase over Christian McCaffrey is killing people who had the second overall pick in redraft and have to watch this now. Jamar Chase better get it going very quickly or people are going to be very upset. I myself told some of my closest friends Chase is the answer. We expect a little bit more Elijah Mitchell this year than we saw last year when he's healthy. And we have seen nothing from Chase. And Christian McCaffrey is balling out. Back to the game. Brock Purdy is not going anywhere. This is his team for a while. These weapons are going to be here. Um, hopefully healthy throughout this season. We'll get uh, Brandon Ayuk back next week. I needed Debo and Kittle to have decently quiet nights. They did not. It happens. Um, I did have a lot of Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and Moody. If you had any 49ers, they all did well. Everybody that you started for them. If you started the Giants, what were you thinking? Um, Debo feasted with Ayuk out. And look, I know Daniel Jones was the quarterback one last week. Yes, he was Dustin's big pick of the week. He's horrible. He's really hard to watch. It's very streaky. He'll have some games that... You raise your eyebrows and think, oh, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He can actually run this team. They are going nowhere as long as Daniel Jones is their quarterback. That's my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. But he sucks so damn bad. It's not just because it was San Francisco. They should be 0-3. They got lucky last week that Arizona did not come out of the locker room for the second half. Good evening to Jacob Fabian and Eric Finkston, two loyal friends dear friends and members of the Losing Sucks team, as I like to consider them. We will get to the next section is called This Guy or That Guy. Uh, Those of you that are watching, it could be just the three of us tonight for a little while, so I'd love to know who you pick here. Uh, DJ or Fields from Eric. Um, DJ, I'm assuming Daniel Jones. That is disgraceful. I wish I could delete the comment. Um, but I'm going to put it up here. I'm going to actually do this. As long as it's the three of us, I'm going to put y'all's comments up here tonight, regardless of what they say. Justin Fields by a landslide. Daniel Jones does not belong in that conversation. We shall see after week three. These are going to be some laughable comments after what he does. Jacob says, I, for one, am shocked that Daniel Jones hasn't become a star with the addition of Darren Waller. You say that, but a lot of people were very excited for Darren Waller including Ben, another member of Losing Sucks. He was all in on Darren Waller, and it's not working out. It's not going to work out. It's not Darren Waller's fault. The Giants suck. 
Daniel Jones sucks. They're very predictable. There's no threat. I don't know why they're not playing Jalen Hyatt. He is probably their best threat as far as going deep, taking something to the house. You need that speed on the field. I hate being an armchair quarterback. I know the real NFL coaches know one billion times more than I do. It's just weird that somebody with his speed on a team that should be 0-3 isn't getting in that lineup. Um, Super C and B challengers question. Just got offered Higgins and Kenneth Walker for CD and PPR. I am taking that deal. I think Kenneth Walker is a solidified top 10 running back right now. If that offer is still there, I'm smashing except on it. T. Higgins is fine. He had a great week two. People overreacted to week one, even though he had eight targets. That is a great deal for you. This guy or that guy? Ramondre Stevenson versus the Jets or Josh Kelly versus the Vikings if Eckler is out? Eileen Josh Kelly. If you are at your keyboard, let me know what you think. I think Josh Kelly, if Eckler is out, bounces back in a big way from last week. Tennessee's run D was very stout. Josh Kelly, I think, is in line for a top 12 day. I think Ramondre Stevenson finishes outside of the top 20, maybe even top 25 running backs against that Jets defense. Uh, Eric says Josh Kelly as well. If you pick Ramondre, I'd love to hear why, but I, I'm not seeing it this week. I think the Jets defense is as nasty as people thought. Brees Hall versus New England, same game, or Alexander Madison versus the Chargers. Eileen Alexander Madison. Cam Akers is not going to have a big role already. I think Madison gets another week to himself this week, and I haven't seen what's going on with Brees Hall. I don't know if it's um, because that game was over earlier than they thought it would be or he doesn't feel right, but he was upset with the workload. For whatever reason, they're not ready to unleash him. Week one was very promising. Week two was not. And these interdivision games, Jets and, and Patriots, they can be fairly low scoring. I think Alexander Madison in that shootout with the Chargers gets some more opportunities than Brees Hall does. Jacob says, Ramondre, check down King. Yes, but I don't think they're going to be checking down that much because this should be a low-scoring game. I don't think the Jets' offense and the Patriots' offense are going to lend itself to a 50-point over-under, or they're going to have to be trailing. I don't see them trailing the Jets. So, uh, Squeaky Wheel gets the grease, says Eric. He is going with Brees. I still lean Madison here. I understand that squeaky wheel can get the grease, but the coaches and the training staff are going to be very careful with Brees Hall. Number three, AJ Dillon or Damian Pierce. Two guys that have been pretty disappointing. Damian Pierce will make an appearance later on the show. I am going to go with Damian Pierce. I think I'm just staying away from AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones will be back. New Orleans front line is pretty stout too. Um, we saw Miles Sanders do okay against them. Damian Pierce has had less usage than people had predicted. I think that he, even with a banged up O-line, I think they start to get him more involved. Probably 60 to 65% touches, 
snap percentage, all of the numbers that you're looking for. I think Damian Pierce hits those metrics this week against Jacksonville. Uh, yes, if Dylan, if Aaron Jones is out, I do go Dylan. Um, but Aaron Jones returned to practice Thursday. I don't know if he was full, but he was back out there. Um, I think he'll be okay to go this week. Number four, Garrett Wilson versus New England or Nico Collins versus Jacksonville. Nico's been a great bright spot so far. A lot of people on Twitter were in on him and they are right. He is looking like a solid wide receiver too. volume production, all of it. They're airing it out in Houston so far. And I think they'll be trailing in this one. I find it very tough to trust Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Minus one catch that he broke off. If you're banking on that, fine. I'm not. The targets are there, but these are very low quality targets from Zach Wilson. I'm staying away from it if I have a better option like Nico Collins. Um, yeah, I, I think he's he's pretty much a lock for 8 to 10 targets a week, and I think those are going to be more valuable than what we see from Garrett Wilson. Bill Belichick is going to prepare for Garrett Wilson. You take him out, you limit the run game, you beat the Jets by 10 or 15 pretty easy. Uh, they don't have shit right now. So, Traylon Burks versus Cleveland or Gabe Davis versus Washington. I'm going... Gabe Davis in this one. He showed wide receiver two potential last week. And I think Buffalo does pretty much whatever they want to against Washington this weekend. Cleveland's defense is a little better than people expected. They're pretty tough. And unless DeAndre Hopkins is out, Burks is going to need the home run shot. He's not going to be a high-volume guy. We will, I don't think we see Traylon Burks catch the 7 to 10 balls on a normal basis as long as Hopkins is there and they're still running Derrick Henry. So I go Gabe Davis on the last one. Um, we are in agreement. Jacob and Eric also think Nico Collins over Garrett Wilson. What a crazy com uh, comment in general just three weeks into the season. All three going Gabe as well. For the most part, we agree here, um, except for Brees Hall and Madison. That's okay. We'll see what happens with Brees. I want him to do well. I just don't think versus New England, he's going to give you what Alexander Madison will, playing for his, not his job, but the their right to be the featured back now with Cam Akers showing up. All right, moving on. We do not have big picks for Dustin this week. Um, I will put those out on Twitter tomorrow when he has a chance to make them. My big picks of the week. Quarterback, Justin Fields. How predictable. Do I need to say much more than what we've seen all week from Justin Fields? He basically said, fuck my coaches, fuck my organization. I'm going to do me and be an athlete. And when he said, I'm going to do what I've been doing my whole life, he's basically saying, run the ball a lot. I think Justin Fields has a 25-plus point day. I've been saying it all week. Money where the mouth is, start of the week. I think he will be throwing more than people expect. They will be playing catch-up with Kansas City. Chiefs defensive coordinator just resigned this week. It's going to get out of hand quick. I think Justin Fields' yards are going to be plenty in this one, rushing and throwing. Before I get to running back, we have a comment. Johnny D., 
having a tough time choosing Mike Williams or Jacoby Myers when healthy for a full-time flex spot. What do you think? The comment of a full-time flex spot is interesting in itself to me because I don't think anybody earns that job like the real NFL to where you roll them out no matter what. You can play the matchup. You can look and see which receivers on their own team are healthy, which, you know, I already said play the matchup, but what I mean by that is what have they been doing against receivers, the team that they're playing against that week? Have they been really tough? Do they have good corners but a bad D-line and they're going to run on them? There's more to it than just who's my flex and, and this is my guy for the year. You've got to pay attention to the information coming in all the time, but week three, I'm choosing. Mike Williams. I will get to Mike Williams here in about two minutes. Roll him out there this week. I think Mike Williams has a really nice week. Jacoby Myers should be back this week too, but it's still Mike for me right now. Running back star of the week, Javante Williams, who I just sold minutes ago. I sold Javante Williams in a 2026 first round pick for Travis Kelsey and David Montgomery on a win now team where I was currently starting Tyler Higbee. You cannot acquire Travis Kelsey many times. And when you do, it often can leave holes in your lineup at other positions. A 2026 pick, even a first round pick, is so far out. We're talking four calendar years away from these guys touching an NFL field. Travis Kelsey right now is a clear advantage. When you look in the playoffs at the top three seeds, one of them will have Travis Kelsey probably going to be in the championship. It is a huge advantage. So, Feel good about the trade. Back to Javante Williams. He is currently ranked about 25 to 26 on the week. I think that's too low. I think he finishes inside the top 15 this week. Lots of passing work, I think, is in store for Javante Williams. Probably five to six or seven catches. Sounds high, but I think they're going to be playing catch up with Miami and he's going to get a lot of dump offs. Um, he out catches the check down king, if you will, Ramondre Stevenson this week. And I think Javante finally finds the end zone. I can see a very similar week to Ramondre last week. Uh, last week. 18 touches for 60 yards and a touchdown um, against this defense last week. I think 15 to 20 touches. 80 to 100 total yards and a touchdown for Javante, putting him into that RB1, 12 to 15 range. Wide receiver Mike Williams coming off of 13 targets, 8 catches, and 83 yards. It's amazing what can happen when you don't leave the game mid-game. Mike Williams, the 1B, if you will, has been pretty solid against Minnesota through two weeks. Devontae Smith, Last week, 131 yards and a score. Um, Chris Godwin's, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, whichever one you want to consider the B there, I think they're pretty equal. But they both had solid PPR days. Um, five or more catches, 50-plus yards each. Evans got the touchdown, could have gone either way there. I think uh, the pass catchers in this game have a good day. Last week, Keenan Allen got two touchdowns. I think Mike Williams gets one or two this week. And... Finally, Dallas Goddard. Tight ends versus Tampa Bay have 12 targets already this year through two weeks. I will take that small sample size. I know it's small, but give Goddard the average six targets. He had seven last week. That falls right in line with what he's doing. 
Last week, he was tackled right when he caught it. We saw uh, Jalen Hurts go through the reads, find Goddard as the third, dump it off, and he just he couldn't break one and break the 25-yard play. Um, Goddard's a great is a great athlete. He's a great tight end, uh, especially for fantasy. I think it's tough to run on this Tampa Bay defense. Even though Philly O-line is the best, one of the best, we don't have to argue O-lines on this show, uh, it will be tougher than usual to run on Tampa Bay compared to other teams. I think Goddard goes for six catches on six or seven targets for 60 yards and a touchdown. That would put him at top three on the week. That's my call. Uh, Dallas Goddard finishes as a top three tight end this week. Um, Eric says he likes Jacoby Myers over Big Mike if healthy. Um, I'm assuming you mean usually. Do you like him over Mike Williams this week? I like to take things one week at a time. The final segment for tonight is benching until further notice. I've got five guys here that if I have any chance to put them on my bench for an equal or even a little bit lesser but higher up, lesser player with a higher upside or more involvement so far, I'm trying to get these guys on the bench. Um, we'll actually go with four for tonight. Antonio Gibson, five carries for 18 yards on the season. He is completely non-existent. Everybody was totally wrong once again including myself. I don't have many shares, but I still thought Antonio Gibson would be a decently reliable PPR back. We have yet to see it. Maybe they start to split it up a little bit more, but right now, Brian Robinson is getting any and everything. RB1 last week overall. You got to stay away from Antonio Gibson until you see more. Uh, speaking of more, Elijah Moore is the second player on this list. Benching until further notice, three catches, followed by three catches in week two to start the year. He now gets Tennessee, Baltimore, and then a bye week. The hope that was Elijah Moore all over Twitter, all offseason, is crumbling. He can't be in your lineup. I have him in three spots. I'm benching him everywhere until I see something. This isn't what we hope for. Deshaun Watson is not what we were hoping he would be, yet maybe they turn it around. But that role as the wide receiver, too, in that offense is not fruitful at the moment. Jackson Smith and Jigba. 4.3, 8.4 in his first two weeks. Until there is an injury to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, we said this on the last show, I am out on JSN and redraft until we see somebody get hurt or him replace Lockett, which I don't think is happening. JSN is on the bench for me. I think he's cuttable. If there's a guy in your league that loved JSN or loves Ohio State, whatever the case is, try to find somebody who will buy him on name value. I'm not seeing it right now. Finally, Pat Fryermuth, four targets followed by one target. I don't know what is going on with Pittsburgh. Maybe they're really missing Deontay Johnson. Maybe Kenny Pickett is not finding the balance that we had hoped for yet, but I had higher hopes for Fryermuth. I thought he would be a six to seven target per game guy. That's not the case. Tight end 17 followed by tight end 49. It's been rough uh, for Pat and Jacob. I'm sorry, but the Steelers in general are all being benched right now. 
George Pickens until Deontay's back. Sure, fire him up in the flex. You need a big play out of Pickens. Um, I guess you're starting Najee. If you have to, you spend a high enough pick, but any given week, Jalen Warren can outscore Najee Harris. It's really tough right now to predict anything for the Steelers. That is the end of the show sheet. If you have any last-minute start-sit questions, life questions, would-you-rathers, anything silly, serious, emotional, whatever the case is, I'll hang out for about two minutes to see if any come in. If not, we'll call it a night. If you have, if you've made a trade and you want to tell me what the trade is, I will give you some analysis on what I think about the trade. Um, Jacob says he totally understands offense is brutal. I would start Pickens if I had to, but only if I had to, I agree. He is a flex throw in, um, probably over somebody like a JSN or, or that you hoped would, if you have a second flex, of course, Pickens is probably getting in that second flex spot. Thoughts on a trade. Let's post this one up. Mahomes, Eckler, and Judy on the way out. Fields, Olave, and Gibbs on the way in. I think I got fleeced, but I have JSN, Michael Thomas, Lockett, Jacobs, Brees as supporting cast. All right, let's break this down. Uh, Jacob and Eric are great traders as well. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this. The jump from Mahomes to field is to Fields is massive, especially right now. Um, there's a lot of insecurity in the industry on the future of Justin Fields in this league. Uh, let's just say Mahomes is because we like to assign first in value um, in Dynasty. Let's say he's worth four first. Justin Fields is probably worth one in a couple seconds or two first right now. Uh, I'm assuming this is Dynasty. Okay, redraft. All right. Um, redraft. Mahomes, Eckler, Judy for Fields, Olave, and Gibbs. I think you did get fleeced. Unfortunately, I think you made a, a mistake here. And you should run all future trade negotiations through the Losing Sucks Twitter DM account that has five brilliant fantasy trading minds agreeing and disagreeing, but eventually coming to a consensus. Uh, Mahomes, Eckler, and Judy, Fields, Olave, and Gibbs. It could work out. If Justin Fields turns things around and Eckler's dealing with this ankle all year, I can see you winning this deal. It looks fleeced on paper right now because of Justin Fields. If he turns it around and Gibbs starts to take over that role, especially with Monty out, if he starts to assert himself as you can't take me off the field, I can see you winning this deal, especially second half of the year if they get going. Um, but you got to go with your guys. I can see it right now. Mahomes side could be worse in the redraft for sure. Um, rolling loud highlights woods or OBJ. I don't think Odell Beckham is playing. Even if he is, I'm going Robert Woods. The, the volume has been there. I think he's got 19 targets through two weeks. I think Robert Woods is pretty safe for six to seven catches, 
60 to 70 yards chance at a score. Hard to ask for more than that out of a flex. Robert Woods for me there. Eric says the same. Bobby Trees over OBJ. It's obviously an easy call if OBJ is not playing. Um, even if he is playing, I think Baltimore runs a lot this weekend with Lamar, Gus Edwards, and maybe we get some Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman going this weekend. What else? Who else has some other trades? We've got five to six minutes left to discuss some trades. Uh, Jacob says Woods as well. There you go. Rolling loud highlights. Trades, CMC and Puka for A.J. Brown, Jacobs, and Brian Robinson. Thank you for throwing the junior in there. I would have no idea which Brian Robinson you were talking about. He lost Chubb and Dobbins. Is this a good trade? All right, Christian McCaffrey and Puka out. A.J. Brown, Josh Jacobs, and B-Rob in. Ease. If Brian Robinson's starting for you every week because you lost two running backs, I don't mind this trade. A.J. Brown will get it going. Jacobs will get it going. Brian Robinson has it going. And we don't know what Puka is going to do the rest of the year. I'm good with this trade. Uh, Eric, Jacob, anybody else who wants to comp uh, comment on this, let me know. I think A.J. Brown, um, I would take that, especially after losing the two running backs. Jacob agrees. A.J. Brown. It is a big boy trade. Um, I think you win it. I think that's the right move, given the running back troubles. Congratulations on winning that trade. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. You've got a world-class group of trade analyzers right here. Eric says AJ Brown side as well. That makes three for three. Well done. Eric and Jacob, what do you guys think about the trade offer I sent to Dustin earlier? George Kittle and Kenneth Walker in a point per carry league and tight end premium. Four, those guys would be coming in. Going out would be Dalton Kincaid, Jahan Dotson, and Rondale Moore. I'll say it again. In, George Kittle, Kenneth Walker. Out, Kincaid, Dotson, Rondale Moore. I can see now that I've cooled off a little bit why Dustin didn't want to do it. I just was hurt because he took a deal that I feel was worse than that. I feel like in a tight end premium league, a rookie will be stud in Dalton Kincaid to go with Jahan Dotson, who he says he likes, who's also 23 years old, for an older Kittle and Kenneth Walker. I felt like it was fair. He ended up taking Judy and Burks over those two. Um, Jacob says he prefers the Judy Burks one as well. This is going to be one that we look back on. I feel like for years because of the scars that have been left on my actual human heart. Um, 
it's one that I will re revisit a lot. Anytime Dustin does something I don't like, I will remind him what he did to me. Rolling Loud highlights. Lineup is Hertz, Jacobs, B-Rob. Thank you for the junior. Um, Waddle, A.J. Brown, Lockett, Hawkinson, Santana Moss, and Tua as a second flex. Currently 2-0. Had to keep it rolling. I love what you did. Um, with Hawkinson at tight end, too, you've got balance everywhere across the board. Jacobs, B-Rob, Waddle, A.J. Brown, Lockett. That's a great team right there. Surely you guys are debating with yourselves who to throw in a flex in a deeper league. Let's just see if we agree here in our last two minutes. Eric and Jacob both agree they would have kept Kenneth Walker and George Kittle. Again, I'm okay with that. I'm not angry that Dustin didn't take my offer. I wouldn't necessarily give him an offer if I thought it was much better for him. But the deal that he took in my eyes maybe impulsively right after maybe not it felt like less than Kincaid and Dotson it just did we haven't seen shit from Jerry Judy or Traylon Burks in their careers they've been nothing but let down so far Rashad White or Chris Godwin in a PPR Tampa gets Philly I'm going to go Rashad White here on volume alone. It will be very hard to run against Philly, limiting him to 60 yards on the ground, but he catches plenty of balls out of the backfield. I think he'll do so again. They'll be trailing. I would go Rashad White. Um, Jimmy G, Josh Dobbs, or Andy Dalton in a super flex. Based on weapons alone, I think Jimmy G is the answer. You've got Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers is back. I think it's Jimmy G for sure there. Andy Dalton is the call by Eric. I think it's getting a little cute. I think for your second quarterback, I would just go with what's safe. I will take the 15 to 20 that Jimmy will give me. I like Andy Dalton, but... Mingo and Adam Thielen and Hurst are just not the same. I would go with the Raiders weapons. Rolling Loud says Ron, uh, Rashad White. I almost said Rondell White. Um, Rashad White over Chris Godwin as well. It's hard to pass up somebody who's going to touch the ball 17 to 20 times. It just is. And fantasy, volume is king. Everybody knows this. Godwin is a volume receiver, but not 15 to 20 touches worth. All right, last minute here as we wrap it up. Uh, once again, our official sponsor for this season, Joyful Beach Sarongs. Stop spending too much time buying useless gifts for your significant other Go to Joyful Beach Sarongs. It's basically a blanket made out of thin, very soft, very colorful fabric. You have a lot of options. They're actually catching fire. They just signed a deal with the NCAA Beach Volleyball for all D1 teams 
they will have custom sarongs or beach blankets, as I like to call them. Um, but you you can uh, let us know if you want to get one. Go to their website. We will be getting a discount code here pretty soon. And they are going to do an order on these hats, black hats. We've got four guys, actually, who've already commented and said that they would like a joyful beach hat. Snapback, great fit. Been wearing it a lot myself. All right, that's it for tonight. Thank you for coming by for the solo show. I hope I've entertained you enough with my bullshit on this post-game show. Dustin will be back with me on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central next week. Hunter Henry tied in one. Uh, Dizzy Fresh. I'm not sure if that is a Dismo um, burner account, but Hunter Henry is not a tight end one. He will be outside of the top 12 this week. Don't play him. Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Losing sucks. Don't do it.